Gold. The guys will discuss CMU men's basketball's tournament win in the Junkanoo Jam and women's basketball's strong non-conference schedule. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm CM Life Sports Editor Dylan Getz, here with beat writers Andy McDonald and Evan Petzold. Uh, it's week 13 here on the campus of Central Michigan University, out of 15, so we're, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> we've officially made it to Thanksgiving, thankfully, right? So we're, we're, we normally record on Thursdays, but recording this on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving just to try to get out there early uh, since we're not going to be on campus the next few days. Um, yeah, yeah, so this is the 12th uh, Maroon and Boulder semester. We're going to be talking some uh, s- some about the uh, CMU men's basketball, their Junkin' New Jam uh, they won that tournament, um, and then women's basketball. They're kind of non-conference schedule, and they're and their next opponent in uh, UCF. So we can go ahead and and get started and start start with men's basketball, who had a pretty successful uh, pretty successful week last week. So now they're what four and one. Uh, yep. They they lost the one game to Weber State, but they played CSU Bakerfield in the first uh, game in the Bahamas, that which they won uh, by twelve. It was sixty-seven to fifty-five. Then they lost to Weber State uh, by two points, which was interesting. Couple, a couple of weird injuries. Maybe like a, didn't you say yeah. somebody got their teeth knocked yeah, out I, uh, or something I, like that? I, well, right? that's the thing. I, I talked to Keno Davis today, and I, I kind of asked him about it. Like after, after I was done, like actually talking to him about other stuff, and I was like, yeah. So you know, I, Kevin got his his teeth knocked out. He's like, he's like, I, I was a little upset after the game. That's what he said. I, I have oh, to say okay. about that. So I mean, he didn't actually get his teeth like knocked out. He just like he was like bleeding from excited. I talked <laughs> yeah, to Kevin and his, I was like, yeah, his teeth yeah. are still in his mouth. So I think he's I think okay. He's good. But well, good thing. Sean yeah. did, Sean's eye was messed up. I mean, it was it was black and blue cut like big cut on it. I kind of teased Dang. him and was like, man, dude, like the goggles. And he was just like, he's like, <laughs> he's like I'm not going back just because yeah, of that. Yeah. I, was well, I, don't, like, I don't know how much those goggles would do if it was that serious. You know, I, those no, little skimpy little goggles he had on. I'm not sure. It wasn't. It wasn't like I mean. Keno Davis isn't he's a guy I mean he he does get you know like yeah, loud he and he yells and stuff up, but man. I mean like he was heated after yeah. that game I mean he was heated after that game and it sounded like he had every right to be because I mean both the technicals got called against CMU and it didn't really seem like either one of them should have been from what I was yeah. watching so I, I I don't think it was I don't think they're the correct calls yeah that, that game against Weber State it ended up coming down right to the end a couple missed free throws gave him the loss uh they lost by two it was 78 to 76 uh Weber State and then the final game against San Jose State on uh, on Sunday at six was a two point win, kind of a I mean sort of like a buzzer beater, you know, a game winning shot yeah, well, from I, Sean, I, from Sean Roundtree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's maybe like two seconds left, but yep. game's over at that point. You know, took the two point lead. He 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 drove and kind of floated it up there. It was kind of. Uh, it, it didn't look like your typical, you know, game-winning, you know, step back or anything. You kind of no, he just there. He took little... the ball right up the right side of the court, mm-hmm. and he just went to the hole. I mean, he just didn't yeah. hesitate. Like, he said to me today, you know, and I kind of asked him about it. I said, last year you did this, you know, in, uh, in the, the tournament they had last year over in Alaska, and then this one, he's hit game-winning shots in both of them. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, how does it feel to just kind of be that guy now? And he's like, you know, I, he said, that, honestly, I, I am the guy that usually they put the ball in my hands at the end of the yeah. game, and he's like, Sometimes you make them, sometimes you don't. And he's like, you just have to literally give the best play you can. I mean, he mm-hmm. had three people, I think, around him trying to block that oh, shot, yeah. and he still got it over him and made it. And I remember that, seeing the the little replay. I think you retweeted yeah, yeah, yeah. it from from Junkanoo Dams, uh, their Twitter account. Man, they're, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, I'm sure Evan <laughs> noticed this too, because I know you just notice you know, little dumb stuff like this like I do too. But uh, And I think we've talked about it, Andy, is 
that gym must be like a yeah. middle school, high school size gym. Yeah, like, I know, I know, yeah, it, it is tiny. a high school gym. Um, and I was, I was taught it's like literally the high school there. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was talking to Kino about that too, and I said like, he was talking about his voice because he yeah. lost his voice today, and I was talking to him practicing. He, yeah. he was kind of sick too, but he was like. Yeah, because he, he like only gave me. He was like, "Give me knocks, don't shake my hand." And I was yeah. like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah." But uh, anyway, so he's talking to me about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I think just you know, combined with going from heat to cold, and then all the yelling I was doing in there, he's like, you know, they gave me technical. Fo- they they call it technical follow me, but they couldn't even hear my voice. Like it was <laughs> it was so loud in there, cause yeah. whatever. And I, I kind of just laughed about that, but like, yeah, it's like so loud though. I compared it to the Maui when I was talking to him because you know mm. they play in a really small gym too. He's like, oh, this gym's even smaller than that one. Yeah, yeah. So you, know, you say he played there like years back, so." Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something yeah. that can affect the game because well, when you're not used to, like, playing in super loud even, conditions. Yeah, even yeah. when there's just a decent amount of people there, gyms like like those really small gyms can get super loud. I remember going, it was mm-hmm. last year when we went uh, for the women's basketball, their run that they went on, uh, the games against Ohio State, uh, or that, was, that were at Ohio State. It wasn't at the Ohio State basketball where they play now. It was, like, at one of their older stadiums. It was all, like, it was really cool. It looked like... Uh, it just looked like, you know, like the kind of places that like the Boston Celtics with like Larry Bird would play at. Like yeah. it was all like wooden. Yeah. Like all this like retro and stuff was, like yeah, that. It, it yeah. It was really, it, it was really a cool place. And, uh, but I mean, that place reflected all the sound it could get. I mean, it was so like, you, you wouldn't think that in like all the time I've ever followed sports, like that was the loudest place I've ever been and it was a women's basketball game mm-hmm. and like I wouldn't think that but that yeah. place I mean it was it was big enough to to have like the big time you know kind of this mm-hmm. is NCAA tournament feel yeah but it was small enough where people could I mean you could you couldn't hear you know anything think, yeah. go on and, and it was really crazy <laughs> like when the game first started even it was just super loud and like I was I was just sitting there on my computer like you know what the heck's going on you know I, I didn't expect it to be to be that loud, but but stadiums like that, I mean, they can get pretty rowdy. Yeah, and I think it's definitely something Seaman can take away. I think they take away a lot from the trip in general. I mean, just mm-hmm. playing that far away. But really, I think the one thing that they learned from this tournament, I kind of talked to him about a lot today, just asking questions about it. I mean, you go to the first game where they play against CSU's Bakerfield, and you know they get the they have a big lead in that game, going through pretty much you know down to the ten minute mark, and then they kind of lose it, and it's like. CSU's Bakerfield is a team that competed with them close last year. They played close to TCU this year. Yeah. And they're creeping up, creeping up, and then they actually took the lead. And you're like, well, this is where, you know, CMU is probably going to, this might be their first faltering point of the year. Yeah. This might be the first time they face adversity, not have this big lead, and like go away. Mm-hmm. And instead, David DeLeo hits a couple big threes, and, you know, they, they get the lead. But then. Yeah, because that game started, I mean, it started pretty nicely, and then they came mm-hmm. back and tied it up, right? And and it was closer for a while, and then at the end, they kind of pulled away. Yeah, they, that, yeah. they ended up getting the, like, in the, well, in the last, I think it was five minutes, yeah, they went the on like a 17 to three run or something. Right, like yeah, that. yeah. I remember so mentioning they, that. They controlled too, yeah. it. Yeah. They, they did what they had to do at the end of the game, they had to win. But then, you know, they come into the next game as Weaver State, and it's like, you know, they're playing. A game where they get a lot of free throw shots, but they can't make the free throws. And that's something that mm-hmm. Davis talked about this year. Is they have a problem with that. They're not as good as a free throw shooting team that gets the line more because they drive to the basket yeah. a lot more. But they're not as overall good of a free throw shooting team. And it just as quick as David DeLeo was the hero the other night with pulling him away, and the lead he misses two free throws towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They get in the other end, and, and a freshman by the name of uh, I think it was Is or Israel Barnes guy had no threes mm-hmm. made in the game. He missed all three of his attempts before that. He had f- four points. It's just yeah. one of those freshman moments where he gets kicked out to him, yeah. he makes a big shot, and it's huh. something you never forget. Like that, yeah. it, it hurt him, and it hurt him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I asked him all about it today. Like, 
how do you rebound from that? I know they had like a day off. But, like, how do you even wake up for practice? Like, they were like, you know, it was rough. Like, mm. we really felt like we should have came out of this tournament as an undefeated team. Like, they were pretty disappointed that they weren't. Yeah, so, and, they, and that was one of the strong suits about last year's team, Evan. I mean, I, I remember, I think you did a couple of stories about that. Uh, you know, their free throws, they were, just, you know, top, what, 5, 10, they were, 15 They were number the two in the country last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and they were up there for one most for of the year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be fun at practice this week. I'm sure they'll have to hit a 100 in a row or something yeah, until they got to leave. I, I, I haven't really like asked them about that, yeah, so no. I, I'm not sure that, on that. That's but not the biggest concern. I mean, you know, they, one they're, game. They're yeah. finding ways to still get wins, but, then, I mean, they placed against San Jose State in that last game, and it's almost like they get the payback. Like, I, I kind of just right. asked Kevin at the end of my interview with him. I just kind of joked about it and was like, how much better did it feel to get that? And he was like, it felt a lot better. He's like, <laughs> I think, I think, he's like, I think you already, like, know that. So, like, yeah. you know, they – they had their ups, they had their downs, but overall, I mean, I think what you can take away from this is they are a team who can play through adversity. And when you do lose at a, I mean, to a buzzer beater, mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, or I mean, or win. It's one. not the worst loss. They, they were know? still in the game. Mm-hmm. They lost on a, a shot that a kid hit fading away from a three, you know, a three yeah. point shot. Yeah. Like it's not mm-hmm. something that you can take away and say they played terrible in this tournament. I think overall, it's definitely a lot more positives. That's definitely a little bit of a salt in the salt in the wound kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of sucks that you lost that game. Yeah, but well, nevertheless, I think overall. They learned a lot. Yeah, I think, and, and about another takeaway from from that uh, from that tournament is who won MVP, Larry Austin, yeah. and and I think he averaged well over. I mean, it was over what twenty three or twenty four points a game or something like that. He, he averaged nineteen point seven. Oh, uh, okay. In the yeah, tournament. yeah, in and the they, tournament, and yeah. then it must have been yeah. For the season I, I he's got eight, he's got eighteen, so I mean he's right around the twenty point mark already. But oh, okay, yeah, this is what we expected to see. I mean, we knew mm-hmm. this guy had talent coming in, and I mean he really showed it in game two, the one that they actually lost. I mean, he's had a career-high 30 points, the best game he's probably played for CMU. I mean, they leaned on him. I mean, they had, I think, one other guy, one or two, that had double figures in the game, Mm -hmm. both of them were right around the 10-point mark. So it was Larry Austin trying to win us this game. That was, like, the way that that felt. It doesn't surprise me because that's going to happen at times this year. I think the same thing will happen to Sean Rowentree. But nevertheless, I mean, he looks really good, Mm -hmm. and he looks like the player that— Seem you kind of needed up top, and he's he's a leader. I mean, yeah, he he's a guy that they can just give the ball to. You know, not not at the end of the games. You know, he, he they can he probably could. rely on them at the end of the game. But but the guy that they were missing like last year, and, and you know, not when not when Keno Rayson were here, but the guy specifically last year is nobody could get a bucket like halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody could just you know when things are starting to break down, offensive schemes aren't you know working how you want them to. Nobody can just drive and you know just get you two points and just kind of regroup. Uh, and, and that's what he offers, you know, just from what I've seen from him. Um, For sure. Really good score. I mean, fast. It adds and, that and much and more. He's a, he's a gamer, too, you know? Like, he plays hard. Say he's going to score, you know, 30 points in a game mm-hmm. like he did. That's why even with a guy like Sean Roundtree, who you trust the ball to be able to get to the hold, I mean, that makes it that much easier because you got to yeah. worry about two people instead of one. Right? I mean, yeah. last year at the end of the game, I mean, Evan, you and I watched them how many times, whatever. Too many. I, <laughs> who else? Who else's hands? I mean, they, they put it in Cecil Williams' hands, but I think all yeah. year we wanted it to be somebody else. I mean, that's yeah. like I think Sean Roundtree would have been the only guy that I would have wanted to have it last year. This year mm-hmm. they have two up top that, you know, could probably get the job done at the end of the game. And exactly. Sean definitely proved that he can do it. So oh, yeah. I, wouldn't be, I would not be shocked though at the end of the year that, you know, Larry Austin starts getting some chances to do that as well. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, they they got the tournament win. Uh, now th- now they come back. <laughs> Originally, I guess the uh, well, like they normally are when they go on these tournaments, they're supposed to be like over the Thanksgiving break. But this one was a was a week before, so uh, now they they got a couple of days. Their their next game is going to be on November twenty uh, fifth on Sunday, November twenty fifth at one p.m. against Sienna Heights, and that one's going to be 
uh, back at McGurk Arena, so you'll be able to catch them if you're already back on campus after uh, after the long Thanksgiving should be a, break. Should be another big win. I yeah, would, should I, be I mean, another Lashley win. beat them 108 to 48, so yeah, I super, expect it to be yeah. a blowout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I feel like that's something we can we can expect now that men's basketball is at least solid enough to to not lose against these kind of no-name teams. But, sure. uh, but women's basketball, what we're going to kind of talk about a little bit upcoming here um they try to pack that non-conference and and they and they have the right to because i mean they they made the tournament last year and they play they're they're playing some of the better teams in women's basketball so i think i feel like you know after a couple years men's basketball will be able to schedule some of these tougher games in the non-conference but it's just like you know after like you know kind of a average if you know what were they like 21 wins and it was just because they played in the college insider tournament yeah like you know some no-name tournament um you know you gotta you gotta be a little bit better program to get even these games in the first place you know a a tcu team and that's where you start you gotta be you gotta beat one of those teams you gotta knock off a team like that you gotta kind of did that multiple times last year oh yeah women's team is on the radar (laughs) exactly for sure yeah so so anyway talking talking about uh women's basketball a little bit there Two and one so far this year. They just had their uh, most recent win against Western Kentucky on uh, the seventeenth, so last Saturday, um, one hundred and eight to ninety. Gave up ninety points, which was kind of surprising. Uh, they're they only gave up eighty to South Dakota State, which I feel like you know is better, if not you know on on par with Western Kentucky. But anyway, I mean. What what Sue said after the game, she said, you know, they're not going to win uh, too many too many games if they keep giving up that many points because you know it's not every day that you score 108 points, uh, you know, in a basketball game mm-hmm. in a college basketball game. You know, there's only so many minutes to play, but they've already hit 100 uh, the, twice this year. So, you, you know, you never know. Um, their next game against Central Florida, uh, five o'clock on Wednesday, November 21st. So so that'll be. Today, when when the uh, podcast goes out, uh, what what can we expect from that one? Yeah, I mean UCF, not really the same caliber of a team as a South Dakota State or a Western Kentucky. You know, both of those most recent two games that CMU played against. I mean, SDSU and in Western Kentucky both went to the 2018 NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But UCF, I mean, they're a team that's on the rise. I mean, they they had a new um, head coach takeover a few years back, and, and it's really been one of those things where they've continued to make improvements year in and year out. I mean, Katie Abrahamson Henderson, she's a new coach that came in. She's in her third season now. But, I mean, just a year before she came, UCF was 7-23, and and she immediately took them to – you know, to two straight WNIT tournaments. So, I mean, okay. you get to the WNIT back to back years, you're on the rise. Yeah, CMU's been there. You're building a program, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing right now. And I think it's going to be a really good test for, for UCF, but also CMU to say, all right, this team, they've, they've got poise, they've got moxie, they mm-hmm. want to work hard. Like, that's their mentality. Um, they haven't made it yet, but they want to get there. And yeah, you kind of have that target on your get back, right? Yeah, see if mm-hmm. they can get it done. And, and, and kind of, I mean, you know, if, the, if, if it's a game they should win and see if they win it handily, um, I guess we'll see. And, and one thing, if we talk about the Western Kentucky game a little bit, uh, I remember you sent me a text like halfway through the game. It was before I got there mm-hmm. uh, about Maddie Waters. She kind of had a breakout game. Um, Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was interesting because the game before against South Dakota State, she was 0-5 from the three-point range, mm-hmm. and it was kind of 
Um, you know, yeah, it was her second start. And yeah, maybe that was why a little bit of nerves, but really what it all kind of boiled down to was confidence. She got the same shots. Mm -hmm. The shot selection didn't change from one day to the next. It was just a matter of time when, you know, she has this, this six day period where she's able to get in the gym and get working and, you know, work with that starting string and, Right. You know, you saw it best her confidence and she didn't hesitate and she was able to just pull the trigger on mm-hmm. every one of her shots. And so, yeah, you struggle from the three point line, you know, on, on that Monday. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the following Saturday, she she absolutely lit it up. I mean, yeah, she missed her first three, but then, you know, made four After in a row. That, and, made, yeah, made a bunch. How many how many is she in with? How many points? Uh, she ended up with 18 points okay, in that yeah. one, but but really it was it was the first quarter that was most impressive. You know, she she made four of them there to help you know lead CMU mm-hmm. and they had a stunning 38 point first quarter effort and mm-hmm. that was kind of led by her and then she also capped things off in the fourth when you know Western Kentucky started to make things a little interesting she hit a couple from the corner yeah. um you know definitely definitely you know Cassie Breen type type looks there type, from the corner play. Yeah, okay no yeah. doubt knockdown shooter oh yeah I mean okay. it, was, it was impressive to watch and she kind of finally seems to have you know, found her her role yeah. in the offense well, as a starter. One thing you notice right away when you're watching Maddie Water specifically is her she's she's poised and she's confident out there, which isn't very. I mean, you don't see it very often from those younger players. I mean, this is only her second year being on the team, and she looks like she's been mm-hmm. out there for, you know, for, she looks like she's been doing her, this you know her whole life playing college basketball her whole life. So, uh, that that's a good sign. Um, definitely one to 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 keep looking out for. Um, she is one of the the five players on on uh, Sugvar's team that that average double figures. Uh, first, it's Presley Hudson, as we as you may have expected. Then uh, Michaela Kelly up next, Raina Frost, uh, Jahari Smith, and then Maddie Waters coming in with a, uh, about eleven a game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's looking good so far. They had the one loss against uh, what was it? Uh, Sorry, it's blanking me right now. Is it was it South Saint, Dakota? South Dakota South State. South Dakota State. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of those. One of those SD SU or you know, you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, th- it's a team that we we expected them to to have a good start, and you know, it, and they have. I mean, Presley yeah. Hudson averaging twenty eight points per game. That's you know that's impressive. Yeah, having scoring you know twenty eight points is a lot different than you know twenty one or twenty two to be able to contribute mm-hmm. that much more is is impressive. But I really think the biggest success story. From this season so far, it isn't Hudson, it isn't Kelly, it isn't Frost, and, and it's not Waters either because you kind of knew what you were going to get from them. But it's Jahari mm-hmm. Smith, the freshman coming in, and, and she's been she's been electrifying in the post. I mean, mm-hmm. eleven points per game, you know, chipping in, you know, just about five rebounds as well. So being able to do a little bit of both there, and and her moves in the post are so smooth, and to think that she's only yeah. a freshman, there is just so much. There is so much left in the gas mm-hmm. tank for her. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, just, it's impressive. Just when I when I showed up to the Western Kentucky game, she she was already in double figures, and and you know she was she wasn't getting as many minutes as the rest of the starters because her and Maddie or not her and Maddie Waters, but uh, Kira Bustle mm-hmm. uh, switch out more than the rest of them. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she looks good. She can score. She can rebound. Uh, now it's just experience type you know type things, and and they definitely got her on the right track. So excited to watch so far. Um. Anyway, after after this next upcoming game, they they have a couple of days off, and then uh, they'll be back at it after Thanksgiving, um, November twenty fourth, Saturday at two p.m. They play Virginia, uh, in in the so called Cavalier Classic, so a little mini tournament in Charlottesville. Yep. Uh, and then the next day they play Chattanooga, which I'm not I haven't heard much about either one of those. Oh, well, I know Virginia. They were in the uh, 
NCAA tournament last mm-hmm. year, but uh, I'm not sure about Chattanooga. Don't know much about that program. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely a team to watch. They they won't be home after uh, the game today until you know until like the end of December. So you better uh, you better get your women's basketball in <laughs> while you can. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's, it's also interesting too. I mean, you look ahead to Virginia, and then you know Chattanooga as well. I mean, Sue Guevara won't even talk about those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, she'll she'll only talk about UCF right now, and that that's yeah. it. Um, but I mean, looking at that UCF game though, I mean, you know. They're they're gonna go. They're probably gonna go nine deep. They press like crazy, so I would mm-hmm. expect them to be you know all up in in out. CMU's grill. But that means that CMU has to find their bench this game, and they mm-hmm. they've gone six deep and they've gone seven deep. But they really need to dig deeper into that bench because they're gonna have tired legs by the fourth quarter. But you know we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, I mean I I expect them to win, but we can see how they do it. If, it, if it's a closer game, you know maybe it'll take them a few more games to get settled. But I feel like if they take care of business and they and they do it the right way, they win by you know nine, ten, twelve points. Yeah. Uh, you know then then they'll they'll be in the right. Uh, anyway, that's all we got for you this week on uh, Maroon and Bolden. Thanks for listening.